1: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. It is super week. Good morning, Key. Good morning, Jay. Yo. What it do, baby? Going on Super Bowl right around Bowl the corner. It
2: is. Let's go.
1: Right around the corner. <clears throat> and we got
3: All-Star Game. I mean, it's got a lot
1: going on. See, when Jay says, let's go, Key, I don't know he means. Hop on the PJ and go to the game. <laughs> Jay is known to his well, little jet setting. Key's already man. in L.A. experiencing 75-degree weather. So. Yeah, Key does
3: the same thing, both of you. You two are flying all over the country. Yeah. You don't need to put my business in on front street, Max. Well, listen,
2: I just work here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> 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 um,
3: we told I see you, Key, with the shirt. I see Black History Month. Stand up.
2: Why are you making a no, weird face? I, I, it, because it could be the December. I not It did got to be Black History Month. That's how I feel.
3: I hear. You. I was being complimentary. Damn. I didn't say you awkward. I didn't say. You, start I didn't say, to I didn't say hey Jay. I didn't
2: say you wasn't being complimentary. You said Black History Month. I'm just saying. I feel that way all oh, every 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 month is Black History Month for me. That's all I'm saying, brother. Hey, you know.
1: It ain't just a month, Max, you feel me? I do. That's right. It's a state of mind, Jay. That's no, no, don't need a special occasion. I've lived my that whole life. Yes, right. I'm very familiar. Don't need Thank a special you. occasion. Right.
2: <laughs> there you go, Max. Educate this dude. Max, tell him, man. get
1: <laughs> so oh, this honest. dude.
3: Hey, whoa, let's slow that down now.
1: So we told you there was um, another impact on Mike McDaniel being hired as head coach of the Dolphins, Right. One of the other or consequences of the hire is that Kellen Moore now returns to the Cowboys as offensive coordinator, Moore interviewed on Saturday and was a finalist for the Dolphins' job. So now, guys, key, both Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore return despite interviewing for jobs. Take a listen to Jerry Jones on if Dan Quinn is qualified to be a head coach and listen to what he says about Mike McCarthy he's very qualified yes
4: i would consider if i didn't have a coach i would have been interviewing him for coach and i wanted them to be thinking about that they were uh, talking to a guy that could be head coach of the cowboys
2: what does mike say when you do that huh he's well, like mike, it's fine because i know the, internally the, well my, but
4: he uh, mike knows that uh, someday somebody will be coach of the cowboys other than him <laughs> he he's knows that for it for all that's my whole point <laughs>
1: There's so much speculation on the outside about it. Do you worry about maybe the pressure that that puts on Mike? Not at all.
4: No, I, I don't. And uh, uh, Mike's good in his skin. I'm good in his skin.
2: <laughs> Why the chuckle? <laughs> because as soon as Jerry said it, I just know the world, man, the way people think. They go jump right into it. Oh, oh, you see know it. Yeah, it's just funny because... He, he's right, though. Mike McCarthy knows damn well at some point in time he's going to run out. All coaches get fired at some point or retire or whatever. So I get it. But I understand what Jerry said. Normally, say, oh, normally is- a coach is not – the owner doesn't say it publicly when asked he about didn't the coach. say anything. He just said he knows that he's not going to be the coach of the Cowboys forever. Jerry won't be the owner forever. I mean, that's just – what it is but in this case Keith uh, I mean uh, I take a a shot at translating
3: Jerry Jones please that that was putting Mike McCarthy on blast oh god here we go no but Keith this is not this is not drama yeah this is business I am in a game to win chips if you can't win chips I'm gonna find somebody that can and right now his name is probably Sean Payton Sean Payton is looming in the background background if you can't win chips I love you Mike I need somebody
1: that can help me do uh, it. Jerry, can you define for us forever, uh eleven months from now?
2: <laughs> he got <laughs> well, eleven if, months. If, if, this year, if, yes. if he falls flat on his face, then yeah, he's gonna yeah, be tired. Exactly. But what's flat exactly. on his face, Key Wait Flat on the flat face is okay. not is doing what they did this year.
1: Okay, yes. but let's say let's let's take a step. Let's say they because only one team can win the Super Bowl. Let's say it's not the Cowboys, but yeah. they win eleven games, twelve games. They win the East. Do they get they to the win, Super Bowl? No, they win a playoff game. No, they not go enough. down swinging in not the enough. second round he's probably in a gonna close get fired. game. No, he's
2: probably gonna get fired. I'm he gets, with you,
1: okay. He gets to the NFC Championship game with two playoff games. Probably gonna get fired. Yep. Yeah, man. That's yeah, a – that's saying on like, blast, like because there are so you could say there are maybe let's say ten or twelve teams realistically you could look at say they could maybe make a Super Bowl run right, only one of them from each conference can get there so two teams can even get there one can win it so for an owner key to now put a a, a head coach who's only had the job for a couple of years in a situation two. yeah two years couple two of years yeah yeah. It, in a situation where unless you make the Super Bowl, you're going to lose your job. Like, most coaches aren't in that situation in their yeah, third but the year. Yeah,
2: but the team is is loaded enough mm-hmm. with a few tweaks on the offensive line and maybe, you know, some pieces here and there that they should be competitive enough to make a strong run at the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones feels like it was a Super Bowl-ready team mm-hmm. this year, and they didn't make it. But I knew that he wasn't going to fire him after the season. He was going to wait. Sean eventually was going to step down to New Orleans. Whether Sean takes the job next year, if it's offered to him or not, the opportunity for Mike McCarthy to change all of that is
1: by getting his team to the Super Bowl. Well, okay, but like, let's, let, let me, as a thought experiment, or not a thought experiment, let's just review coaches who have teams that are loaded like the Cowboys that have not been to the Super Bowl recently. Like, is Lafleur's job in jeopardy if he doesn't make the Super Bowl this year.
3: No, but they've been to the NFC championship
1: game two years in a row. Before but I'm saying, what, what if the Cowboys make the NFC championship game? That's not You're enough. Saying, We're if, saying we've got to make the, ho- if, the Super Bowl. If,
2: if Matt LaFleur's job but is on the line?
1: Right. Well, I'm, in other words. But, there, but there's history there. He's already been to it. No, LaFleur hasn't. He's been to the NFC championship game. That's what I just said. Yeah. So I'm saying he doesn't need to make the Super Bowl to keep his job. He has but, a really good team. A, yeah. It's a different it's a different
2: mindset though Max Green Bay versus the Cowboys. Um that's what it's a I'm different s- mindset. a that- Cowboys yeah. is Cowboys are America's team. There's a lot of snack crackle pop, a lot of yeast that comes with the Cowboys. So the pressure uh, uh, pressure comes to bear on a coach that's there ridiculously no matter who he is because of what they think they have, what people on the outside think they have, and if they don't cash in, then Jerry Jones certainly is going to make a move uh,
1: to start the next season, which would be the 2023 season. There is more snap, crackle, pop on the Cowboys. but That's my point, Jay. I think of the Bills. The Bills are a powerhouse. They keep taking strides. Do they need to make the Super Bowl for the coach to keep his job? Not yet. Not yet. Two years from yeah, now, I was gonna say,
2: he
3: started, now? going to say, "Key starting, starting, but that two direction. years from now,
1: you've had the same for coach sure. for a grip and haven't done it." McCarthy had two seasons there, but yeah, it's the
2: Cowboys. It's just yeah, like no, Frank yeah. Vogel and the Lakers. The Lakers just won a championship hey, two weeks ago.
1: No doubt, this hey, dude,
2: this dude, coaching day to day.
3: No doubt. Hey man, I'm going to tell you too it, it, because it is the Cowboys. We talk a lot about in-game adjustments or lack thereof. That became a very hot topic, and for somebody that does his weekly show in Jerry Jones that is forced to deal with a lot of the topics because we ask those type of questions, true. how could it not be at the forefront of somebody's mind if you can't get the job done this it, year?
1: It seems to me, guys, when Jerry made those comments, and you're right, Jay, maybe just structurally, he talks to the media, given his personality, the situation there, it, but it, it felt to me at the time, Tom Brady just retired. That We've had the last six playoff games, so two weekends in a row, have been, I don't know if we've ever had weekends consecutively where they're not a, there's not a single dud. All the games are dramatic, exciting, well played, the whole thing, right? Yeah. And then it felt like, oh, Tom Brady retires, Super Bowl coming up, all these stories. He says something, and he knows how to get us talking about the Cowboys. It was the second topic in every show I did last week and every show I saw on TV. You're it was the second funny, topic. Man. Can we hear
5: that, that sound again? There's something you guys, I think, a little bit are, are missing here when it comes to, to not just Mike McCarthy, but Dan Quinn. Take a Let's look.
4: Hear. He's very qualified. Yes, I would consider. If I didn't have a coach, I would have been interviewing him for coach. And I wanted them to be thinking about that they were uh, talking to a guy that could be head coach of the Cowboys.
5: Stop it. Like, what – like, he's saying I wanted them to be thinking they were talking to a guy who could be head coach of the Cowboys. And if I didn't have a head coach, yeah, he, he'd he be considered. Like, that to me signals that Dan Quinn is the future interim coach when they fire Mike McCarthy next oh, season. Oh, yeah, like he for sure.
3: Hey, but, a, like, of course. who says
5: hey, that about their current Evan, I even start. Evan, what?
3: I even start thinking about will McCarthy make it through this entire season.
5: He's, he's not. not. That's
3: what Evan's saying. He's not. He
2: makes it through the season. If they're having a good
5: season, he doesn't right. make it to the but season
2: at five. Do they let days.
5: him have a good season? Like, if they're three and two after five That's games, a do they, th- are they going to get rid of him so he can't have a good season? Because, well, Sean Payton's sitting out there.
2: We're building.
5: <laughs> mm, it
2: depends on what the three and two looks like like yeah if it's, a, if it's what's what's the stretch of sketch Who like they I lose mean, to how, how many do they games lose to? that b- sort of stuff what
5: if the three games he won but you know there were some clock madness. oh Cause lord because no nah, he was nah. they did they've got be games that
2: they've got to be he tried to lose for him to get fired in season
1: they would have to be a three Three and five, four and six type. I got one for you, That type of record. I got one for you. I'm with Evan on this. Evan, you could have saved us a lot of time this segment with that idea. Uh, Here it is, right? They're four and three, like you said, something like that. But the way they lose. Now, let's say – look, remember when we asked, is McCarthy Joe judging himself? The more he talks, the less secure his position becomes. Mm-hmm. Remember, Joe Judge was going to keep the job till he kept talking and talking and talking about the quarterback sneak on third and nine, you know, basically for, from the four or whatever it was. That, I could see a situation, Key, where mm-hmm. end of the game blunder. Now they're four and three, four and four. They lost to a team they really should have beaten. The NFC East is tied, whatever it is. And a blunder is such that McCarthy starts talking, and Joe judges himself, and then, boom, Dan Quinn's the interim.
2: Yeah, I think, I, look, man, I think Mike McCarthy good for now. We'll see what the season, how the season plays out, but I think he's good for now. He doesn't have anything to worry about. Hey,
1: <laughs> w- what I saw
3: before the, the team prayers, we just didn't look ready. No, don't say things like that to the media. Mike no, sometimes, Key, don't there could that.
1: be a meteor headed for don't Earth. Don't do that. And Key's like, uh, ah, we're going to be fine. It's an extinction level event. Ah, we're going to be fine. Keyshawn J. Willimax is brought to you by Mako. When life throws you uh uh-ohs, like maybe an eight-game losing streak, just say, better get Mako and go to mako.com to get an online estimate today. Speaking of, let's get the latest on the Brooklyn Nets and the trade deadline
3: this whole battle between Stephen A. and Kevin Durant. If uh, KD doesn't win this year, then, you know, it falls on him and everybody's going to look at him for either theft for Kyrie.
2: I kind of agree with Stephen A., but at the same time, I don't understand why KD even putting any thoughts into what Stephen A. is talking about.
1: Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj! One-man industry, senior NBA insider, and host of the Woj podcast. Going on, Woj, good morning. My man.
0: What's up, Woj? Good morning, guys. Good to be with you guys.
1: So the happy late- trade
0: deadline week. Yes, happy trade, happy deadline, trade yes. deadline
1: week indeed. Uh, you, this man will not <laughs> sleep now weekend. for the next week. Like, how many hours a night do you average? Net- He's like, hours? You mean minutes? The latest reporting from Woj and Ramona Shelburne this morning is that the Sixers called the Nets about a month ago to talk about a hardened trade, and were denied. So, Woj, what more can you tell us about it?
0: Yeah, you know, about a month out from the trade deadline, uh, January 11th, Daryl Morey called Sean Marks in Brooklyn, and these are kind of perfunctory calls that teams make to each other all over the league. Who do you like on my roster? Here's who I like on your roster. Let's circle back later, see if there's anything to talk about. But I was told before they hung up, you know, Daryl Morey asked Sean Marks, what about James? And... I was told Marks responded, James who? Because he actually does have two James on the roster, James Johnson and James Harden. Daryl Morey, of course, told him, well, James Harden, and Marks told him no. And so we're three days out from the trade deadline. And, you know, we'll wait and see if Philadelphia calls Brooklyn back and wants to try to engage them again on Harden. Certainly things have changed in a month, and Brooklyn's on an eight-game losing streak. Durant is out probably at least until after the all-star break. And James Harden now has sat the last couple games with a hamstring. And while he's telling Brooklyn, he's all in, he wants to be there, he's committed. And I think reasonable people can watch and listen uh, to James Harden and and wonder that. And so uh, I think right now the Nets – are, are committed to seeing what this team looks like and the belief that when they do get their big three back on the court together, they're still uh, as formidable as anybody in the league. But, you know, right now, if the season were to end, they'd be in the play-in tournament. Mm.
3: Well, it, it, it is is—it is crazy when you watch them. It feels like they're trying to buy time until they can get their big three back. But I, I am curious if, if the rumors are true that James Harden maybe isn't as happy. We talk about the body language, things of that sort. What kind of package would it take from Philly in order to get that deal done? What do you
0: think is realistic? I, I, I think that for Brooklyn, if they were going to do a, a trade with Philadelphia or a sign-and-trade, w- would you wait until after the season? Remember – It's very difficult for him to get to Philadelphia without Philly gutting its roster to create cap space. They would need Brooklyn to do a sign-and-trade. Given what Brooklyn gave up to get James Harden just a year ago, and you look at that Cleveland Cavaliers team, they may have made out better than anybody in the four-team James Harden deal. Uh, uh, Jared Allen, who who very likely could have been an all-star this season, and then, of course, as we reported yesterday, Karis LeVert comes over from Indiana in a trade, they gave up a lot. First-round picks, those two players. And so the idea that you're just going to, within a year, give James Harden up, uh, let's say for even just Ben Simmons, is unrealistic. It just is. You don't move assets around like that. And listen, I think Brooklyn is trusting what James Harden is telling them. He's telling Kevin Durant this. He's told ownership management that he wants to be there. And he's not asking... To be moved, he's telling them that again this summer he can become a free agent, uh, but likely he'd need help to move somewhere in a sign and trade. The teams who have cap space are not teams that any of us any of us believe James Harden would consider. And so, I think if something if there was a conversation to be had this week, I do think it would take a significant a significant package to even get the Nets' interest. I don't know whether they would entertain the idea. Or not? You heard Steve Nash yesterday say we are not trading James Harden. And listen, I, I think that um, for the Sixers, you know, they've seen that they can win right now without Ben Simmons in the lineup. Uh, they're just a game, game and a half out of first place in the East, and their plan is to get back a star player, a significant return for Ben Simmons. And if that's not available to them at the trade deadline. I think a lot of this just gets kicked down the road until the off season.
2: Well, let's go out West here in LA and, and talk about the Lakers for a minute here. We saw the, the Westbrook benching uh, at the end of regulation, no play in overtime at all. Could he be on the move this week at all?
0: I, I just don't think so, Jay. I just think with his contract, you know, next year, he's got a player option at, uh, 47 million dollars, I believe. Mm. Um, there's just no marketplace to move him without having to attach a draft pick or draft picks. And remember, they traded, you know, some very you know good assets to the Wizards: uh, young players who they could have used in other deals, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, Montrez Harrell, and a first-round pick to Washington. And the idea that just several months later you're going to trade Russell Westbrook and add the the Lakers don't have control of a lot of picks moving forward. They still owe some to New Orleans. The idea that you're going to attach another pick now to move him out several months later, I mean, Russell Westbrook, you know, he's been up and down. He didn't play well the other night in the game against the Knicks. He had had a stretch where he had played very efficiently prior to that, uh, after the bench, the the last late-game benching he had. Uh, I think Russell Westbrook's going to be on this roster, and if the Lakers do any moves, if they make any moves, they're very likely going to have to be around the edges, role players. They just don't have the salary and the assets to move out to get back a return. Uh, So I, I, I think they're trying to be active, but I don't know that there's a big deal out there for L.A. to do.
1: Adrian Wojnarowski, senior NBA insider and host of the Woj Podcast, as though you need, to, as he needs an introduction. Guys, the um or, or the Lakers bench Russell Westbrook uh, for overtime in their win over the Knicks on Saturday, and the Monday morning roundup is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. So, Woj,
3: with that being said, what, what could you see the Knicks doing with Julius Randle? Been hearing a lot of, you know, things kind of trickling out there about a guy like De'Aaron Fox or pieces around. Do you see the Knicks having any movement before the trade deadline?
0: I think the Knicks are really trying to be active. I don't think Julius Randle is central to any of those talks. And, you know, he's not played. uh, Certainly he's not played nearly as well as he did a year ago. And, And typically that's not when a player, if you did want to trade him, and I don't believe they do, that's not when a player has value. This is not the time to trade a Julius Randle. I do think, you know, some of their other veterans and players who have money moving forward, Uh, they would be interested in uh, moving off. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they can get back for the players they have. They used a first-round pick on Cam Reddish. Um, You know, that was a significant pre-trade deadline deadline move. If they made that trade this week, you know, we would say it would have been among uh, perhaps maybe one of the more impactful moves, 22-year-old wing player. Uh, He's still got work to do to crack the rotation with Tom Thibodeau. He didn't play in that Lakers game uh, that lost to the Lakers the other night. And this is a player who, again, they gave up a first four. It was a Charlotte first. They still have their own. Um, so I, I think this is a Knicks team that is trying to be active. It will be. It remains to be seen the value of the players are putting out in the marketplace. Are there deals that make sense? Can they maybe get some of their money off? Uh, this is much more of a, a, a seller's market than it is A buyer's market because of the play-in tournament. You've seen the last few years. There are fewer sellers. There are more teams trying to get in the play-in who aren't just selling off their players, their players for picks um, and assets. And so it makes it harder for teams like New York, competing with a lot of other teams uh, in the marketplace, uh, to get uh, to get deals done.
1: That is Adrian Wojnarowski, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be following all week, and I'm sure, Woj, we're going to be talking to you again later this week. And um, it's interesting to see this human experiment. How many consecutive days can a person go without sleep before cracking? We're going to find (laughs) out with Wojnarowski this week. Thanks, Woj. All right, Woj. I'll keep you posted. See you guys. (laughs) Thanks. It's uh, trade deadline week in the NBA, as you heard, and Super Bowl week in the NFL one of the best Bengals of the past two decades on why this team has been different than all the rest.
6: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do.
1: A cannon. The ca-
5: yeah, there it is.
1: <laughs> Joe Burrow's got a cannon. It's funny because people talk about guys, the moxie and the it factor with Burrow and leave out the fact, oh, by the way, he's six foot four, fast, with a big arm. Uh, Takeo Spikes joins us now. I-, I, don't think- I don't know if you would remember this or not, but you were once on the radio with Marcellus Wiley and me out in, L- out in L.A. I think we were at Chargers uh, camp. And I said something about your neck or whatever, and you told me I had a polo shirt on. And, I, and he said, because I had hair coming out of the top of the polo shirt, he said it looked like taco meat coming out of the top of the polo shirt. It's one of the best snaps I remember. <laughs> What's going on?
4: <laughs> hey, does it still look like taco meat?
1: That's what I want to know. Yeah, I don't even remember. Well, you know, like I got, a, I, got a, I got the shirt all coming up. You know, that's why I don't have a V-neck on. <laughs> I got the T-shirt under the V-neck. What's it been like? to see the team that you, that drafted you play in the Super Bowl?
4: It's been amazing. It's, it's really been amazing. And um, the more and more I think about it, I remember sitting down watching the – just following the Bengals throughout the entire year. And in playoff times, I was very impressed. But to see what they've been able to do, especially against Tennessee – on the road and to continue making plays throughout desperate desperation times. I felt like when they won, when after they won the AFC championship, I felt like I had been pardoned for all of the bad things that we, I've been through just being in Cincinnati throughout my tenure when I was there. And I even picked up the phone. I called Willie Anderson, TJ of Ocho, and they were like, man, like, we all felt like the burden had been lifted off of us. And it's a big testament to not only to their head coach and the coaching staff, but you got to give a lot of credit to the players, in particular Joe Burrow, for revitalizing the, the, the thought process into what it takes and as far as how to go out and win and win consistently when everybody else is against you.
2: Spikes, baby, what's happening? All the good, Keith. What's happening? Man, I, you know, I uh, I forgot you played for the Bengals. Y'all were so bad, all I could think of was the Bills. I was like, when I read you coming on and I saw Bengals, I'm like, man, he played for the Bills. But I totally, my brain just went somewhere else because you were right. Those teams were not very good. And now that you see the Bengals in this situation, what do they have to do to slow down the Rams and bring home the Super Bowl?
4: I, I think up front, You know, let's start with the offensive side. I think offensively, we know that the Cincinnati Bengals make a lot of money off of holding on to the ball, being able to make the deep shots, make the deep connections. And I just think offensively, what they're going to have to do is be able to block up plant and get the ball out of their hands fast. Now, you know, You can't expect for them to be a totally different offense because they're going to do what they continue. They're going to do what they've been doing in order to to gain success. But when I look at the Los Angeles Rams defensive front, it's only one team in the NFL that really kind of, you know, put them across their lap, and that was the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And so when you look at some of the things that they were able to do, getting the ball out quick, also establishing some type of Mm -hmm. run game. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. I don't think Joe Mixon is going to run for over 100 yards. But he has to be efficient whenever they decide to run the football, meaning average four yards to carry. You know, it it just can't be in the three-point range. And then on the defensive side, I think they have to continue to do what they did. For me, what really surprised me was when they went to Tennessee. Lou Anaromo, the defensive coordinator, did a great job as far as putting his guys in position to make plays. And how did he do that? It wasn't so much what he knew as a defensive coordinator. It's what he knew and gave the guys and what they knew when they were out on the football field to understand the tendencies, as you already know. And then that carried over all the way when they went to Kansas City, especially in the second half. And those boys made plays, man. So, you know, for me, I I truly believe they got to be able to get the ball out quick and don't hold on to it because Joe Burrows would not be able to get into a rhythm because nobody nobody has been able to block Aaron Donald one on one and as far as he goes and the more, more success that he he gains now you'll start seeing the other guys on the line of scrimmage. And Von Miller is going to be Von Miller but the other guys will start to show up overall
1: yeah, not just not just one on one, but Aaron Donald faces the most doubles in the league and beats it at a percentage more than twice as much as the next best guy. Like he's just impossible.
4: Yeah, I mean he's impossible. Like like we could sit up here and you could say, like, "Hey, okay, my left guard, you got to be able to do- nah, You better slide to wherever he's at, you better slide to protect. Like period. That's that's what you got to do to be able to buy time. And if they can get that ball out of their hands, I would truly say anywhere from like three three seconds to 3.3, like they're going to have a chance anyway, just because this ain't by accident by what they've been able to do over this course of
2: time. Takeo Spikes, Bengals uh, ex-linebacker, former All-Pro for the Cincinnati Bengals, amongst other teams in the National Football League, joining us this morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. The Bengals' defense Come up pretty big this postseason. Uh, Spikes. What do they need to do to slow down a potent Rams offense and continue this trend?
4: They, I, I think it's important. You know, one, you have to look across the board, and I'm not necessarily afraid of the Rams. The Rams are not striking any fear into most teams when it comes to running the football, and even though they've had a little success, but where they make their money at, you have to look at the top two targets on the team as far as who's getting the football. Cooper Cup and OBJ. And as you continue to look at Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is going to get at least 15, t- 15 targets a game. Like, that's what it is. I cover the 49ers, and I've been watching this team the entire year. And, and that's what they make that bread and butter off of. So defensively, in order for the Bengals to have a chance, they're going to have to put them in situations to where it's not just third and two, third and three, but you got to put them in the third and medium, third and five, third and six, and you put them in that range, now you can get creative on the back end. One, I'll tell you this right off top, there's no way I'm allowing Cooper Cup to beat me this game. That means I am not going to let one guy just play over Cooper Cup. I'm going to do some combo coverages. I'm going to do some disguising. Even if he's in in the slot, I'm going to put somebody over top of him, and then I'm going to have a safety. He could be disguised as two-man playing too high, but I'm going to make sure I identify exactly where he's at because he shows up all the time with at least 12 to 15 targets. And then now you look at the emergence of OBJ. To me, he's he's regained his form of a top-tier wide receiver. And a lot of that has to do with the quarterback. So now you just have to understand and know where they are. And at, in third down situations, now take away the two main guys because that's where the ball is going.
1: Keo Spikes, ladies and gentlemen, appreciate you jumping on with us today.
4: Uh, no problem. Hey, Key, I got a story for you, though. What's up? You remember that time y'all came to Cincinnati and you was with Tampa. Uh-huh. And you came out there and you told Tony Williams, you and Tony Williams got into it. The defensive line they came from Minnesota, and you yeah. was like, "Shut up! You look like a fake John Randall."
2: No, fake ass John you, Randall.
4: Yeah, fake ass John Randall. Hey, Key, I ain't gonna lie to you though. Dog. Like, I was like, man, who did? I was like, man, I really want to just run through this dude right now, but that ain't my fight because I'm gonna let Tony have that one. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hey, man, I appreciate what you're doing, bro. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. There he is, ladies and gentlemen, Takeo Spikes. Um, By the way, is it going to take another Music City miracle for the Titans to land an MVP quarterback? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, we are presented by Progressive Insurance. Is Rodgers going to stay in Green Bay or go somewhere else? Hey, <laughs> I go. Shit, I stay or should I go. What about Russell Wilson? Let's play stay or go. Evan. Yeah, We're doing this
5: because Mark Murphy, the CEO of the Packers, said over the weekend, we are significantly over the cap for next year and we'll have to make many difficult decisions in order to get under the cap. A key factor would be whether Aaron Rodgers comes back for the 2022 season. Matt, that's Lafleur. Brian, that's Gutekus. Executive Vice President, Director of Football Operations, Russ Ball, and I are all in agreement that we want Aaron back. So, stay or go. Aaron Rodgers, does he stay or does he go, Key? I say he go.
2: Goes away from Green Bay, baby.
1: Yeah, if he stays, there will be trouble. <laughs> but <laughs> but listen, but if he goes, what, there will be double discount, whatever? Uh, I check. think he's got to go. I think he's got to go. Just, you know, there's so much smoke. There's got to be some fire, and I'm looking at the Broncos.
5: Let's stick
1: with uh, quarterback in the news, John Robinson, the GM
5: of the Titans, says, Ryan Tannehill, he's our quarterback, so or go Ryan Tannehill, Key.
2: I think he must go. If they plan on winning a Super Bowl in Tennessee right now with that team that they have, they've got to upgrade that position if they can. If they can get a guy like Aaron Rodgers, they need to just make it happen. It's not that Tannehill can be good in a situation. You move Tannehill to Tampa Bay, you get some picks back for that. Aaron Rodgers goes to Tennessee. Tennessee gets what they need.
1: Ryan Tannehill continues to be keep playing the NFL. The only thing is, what Jeremy Fowler said, like that dead cap hit would be so insane. What was it fifty-seven million? Man, they can they can figure all that out. You'd yeah, I have
5: think, like you'd have like a hundred mil tied up in your two quarterbacks if you had dead cap on Tannehill and the right. cap number on. It's called restructuring, Rogers. man.
1: Yeah, it's that's the thing. The thing about it, Key, is, like Key's been on Tennessee for a while. When Key gets on Tennessee, I start to read between the lines a little bit. The dude just bought land down there. I mean, uh, I, I yeah.
2: had no idea he was buying land. I just <laughs> brought it up when I brought it up,
1: and he bought land. It makes so, a lot of sense, doesn't it? I- no one I'm just, told me I'm, anything. I'm going to go ahead and say things like, you know, like when when Sean Payton is in, then Jerry says this, it means he's going to go there. When this coach is, it means they're going to, you know, when they hire Aaron Rodgers, you know, guy he wants as a head coach who's his OC, I'm saying, oh, there's a good chance he goes to Denver. I'm going to read the tea leaves and I, say I, there's I just, a chance he goes there. Too. Hey, look, Max, from experience, I could just tell you,
2: I bought a house in Tampa before I was traded to Tampa. Yeah, That's all I'm going to tell
1: you. You see? <laughs> you buying a
5: house. Jimmy G, stay or go, Key.
2: I say he stay. I say you keep Jimmy G at a small number, $20-plus plus million Give him another year. Give Trey Lance another year to develop. Uh, I think you just try and get the most that you can out of Jimmy G. Look, he led you to the NFC Championship game. Uh, not to the NFC. I'm sorry, the divisional round. He led you also uh, to an NFC title game. So why not? Why not run it back?
1: because I think they basically the GM and the quarterback are like, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, he's out of here. So I got to say go. All
5: right, Russell Wilson, we've heard a lot in the last couple of weeks. I mean, Key last week said, you know, they don't win a Super Bowl if they're letting Look Russ here. cook, then Richard Sherman said it. So, Key, Russell Wilson, is he staying or is he going from Seattle?
2: I think he's staying. I think he's staying in Seattle. This, this will probably be his last year in Seattle. I don't think that the Seahawks are trying to get rid of him because what are the options? Maybe they can trade him. Maybe they could trade him to a Tennessee and get get a Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill back in exchange with a restructured deal. But I think he stays.
1: Okay, yeah, Jay. You
3: know, that Tennessee idea is an idea that we talked about earlier, Max. And look, if you can't get Aaron Rodgers, if the, if those rumors are not true, even though he bought land down in Nashville, if it does work out, and I know Ryan Tannehill is set to make a lot of money, and that dead cap would be a lot. But still, Russell Wilson with a Derrick Henry, with a A.J. Brown, with a Julio Jones, I mean, that would be a deadly combination. That would revive the way people would look at Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah, If you like a poor man's Aaron Rodgers yes. sort of, right? Not even yes. an upper-middle-class Aaron Rodgers. It's because he because Aaron Rodgers is the rich guy. But, but yeah, that works. I don't see why not. Baker Mayfield.
2: Is he staying or is he going from Cleveland, Key? He's staying. Baker Mayfield is staying. Uh, he had off-season surgery. He'll be back. Intact, ready to go and let it rip.
3: He's staying, but, boy, is it hot in Cleveland. I never thought I'd say it's hot in Cleveland, but, I mean, this is a, a make-or-break year for a guy like Baker Mayfield. I mean, a, a lot of questions, obviously, what we had happen this year. If OBJ wins the Super Bowl, you're seeing how his success and his career has changed after not being around Baker. I know he's he's loved in Cleveland, but uh, it's a make-or-break year for him coming up.
1: Yeah, the question is, when they drafted him first overall, was it that the mistake by the lake? That's the, you know, they call Steve Cleveland. All right, anyway, uh, he is going to stay for now.
5: All right, Kirk Cousins, is he staying with the new coach, likely to be Kevin O'Connell, or is he going, Key?
2: Staying. He'll be in Minnesota as their quarterback this season. I don't think that they move on from Kirk Cousins simply because there's money there. They got a decent offense, and he is a serviceable quarterback. It's hard to replace a guy who's had some mild success in Minnesota with a new head coach.
3: Yeah, I mean, a lot depends upon what Aaron Rodgers leaves or goes. But if he leaves, I mean, look, I see Kirk staying, and they will be the favorite in that division. I mean, they're still loaded with talent.
1: Yeah, and I think Cousins over the last couple years has made real strides to me. I thought, like, four or five years ago, he was an empty stat quarterback. You know, you need eight yards for the first down, he'll get you six. Like, kind of a stat-patter mm-hmm. guy. But I think he's progressed from there. I think he's pretty good. All right, quick. we got 30 seconds. Derek Carr, stay or go,
2: Key? Stay. Stay.
1: Stay. Is that a hell of a year. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Why would they want to yeah, get rid of him? Stay. No. Stay. So why would he want to leave? Unless it's for Aaron Rodgers.
2: Wasn't it stay, stay, stay? What was that, yeah, McCartney yeah. and Michael Jackson? Stay,
1: stay. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that song called? Uh, Yeah, Say, Say, Say was the song. Is James Harden staying or going in Brooklyn? That's next. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, ESPN Radio and ESPN News. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.